Hello, and welcome to a uh, sort of special edition of the uh, 2QB Experience podcast. Uh, this is usually a in-season, redraft-focused fantasy football podcast hosted by you know, our good friends Greg Smith uh, at Greg Sauce and Joshua Lake at Lake2QBs. But no, they're away from the recording studio, so I snuck in here uh, with my good buddy here, Ben Cummins, who you can find on Twitter at Ben Cummins FF. Uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, DFS slate because Ben is a huge fan of this slate. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing great, Sal. How are we doing? We've recovered from FSTA. Yeah, we're all recovered back from Nashville. Had a good time there. No, had some spiced fish, had some hot chicken. Uh, that might be a story for another day when we do a uh, you know, food take podcast uh, with our good buddy Denny Carter there. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, all I can say is you definitely beasted that uh, that spicy fish. That was cool to watch. Oh, that was some good stuff. Yeah, for anybody out there that uh, doesn't know what the FSTA is, it's the Fantasy Sports Trade Association Conference, where basically a bunch of fantasy football writers get together in a bar, drink, and yell at each other. Greatest time I've ever had. <laughs> and I got to meet you, so it was perfect. Yeah, no, that's well that's the best part. You get to meet a lot of people, you know, you get to become friends with them through Twitter, through you no know, emailing, just being a part of the industry. And then when you actually get to meet them in person to hang out, you're like, Oh yeah, that's why we're kind of friends. And you know, Ben was one of the guys I got to meet, uh, the two QBs crew, you know, Greg and Josh, uh, Scott Barrett. Uh, we can just keep going on and on and just say nice things right, about Right, yeah, everybody. we can just keep and listing would, names. Yeah, that would just take up the whole podcast. <laughs> but um the reason why we're doing this podcast guess is because Ben could just not uh, stop talking about the Pro Bowl Super Bowl slate during that weekend and you know, <laughs> giving us all his tips and secrets on how to win this uh, two-game slate. So I was like, well, why don't we get Ben on the line? I ask him a bunch of questions. He uh, tells you how to win this slate, and then everybody shares the money this week. And what do you think about that, Ben? I think it sounds amazing. Nothing could go wrong, right? Nothing at all. <laughs> Not at all. So uh, for those of you out there listening who don't know what the heck we're talking about, because uh, to be honest with you, I had no plans on playing this slate before Ben started talking about it. It's exactly as it is. Uh, two games, the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. They combine these two to make one slate. So you're going to be making lineups based on the Pro Bowl from this upcoming weekend and the uh, Super Bowl for next weekend, which is kind of strange because uh, nobody watches the Pro Bowl, so who wants to build fantasy lineups around the Pro Bowl? But according to Ben, you can make some uh, pretty decent cash on this slate. So uh, we'll start off here, Ben. Why exactly do you like this two-game slate so much? Yeah, man. Well, you know, there's a lot of negativity about the Pro Bowl, and rightfully so. But growing up, I think it just correlates with my love for the NFL. I always watched it. Um, I didn't really know better, you know, about the quality of the game. I was just, uh, just a young and loving all the, all the scoring in the game. And as I got a little bit older, definitely started to realize that, uh, you know, it's not a great game. I would still kind of watch, uh, maybe not as intently, but I would usually still keep a cut, keep my eyes on it. And then, uh, I found out two years ago that this slate was available. And so I've played it the last two years and, um, I just, find it pretty interesting and fun because I I had a bad time two years ago. Um, I thought the Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I had Tom Brady on my team, I believe, but I went too heavy on Pro Bowl players. And so I said, okay, well, let me try to see if I can learn from this and see what I can do next year. And so last year, and I got very lucky because I just trusted my Denver Broncos who won the Super Bowl. So, you know, thank you. Shout out to them. Shout out to Von Miller. But, uh, 
I said, okay, I think the formula from what I saw two years ago was just to uh, go pretty heavy on the on the Super Bowl and then just sprinkle in a couple Pro Bowlers, um, specifically Pro Bowl pass catchers. And so I tried it out. And of course, you have to make a couple lineups. I mean, if you just want to make fun, make one for fun, that's fine. But you know, if you're sprinkling in these Pro Bowl pass catchers, it's really tough to predict. Obviously, they're not on the field the whole time. So you want to make a couple lineups, which is what I did. But I stuck to my core of C.J. Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, Broncos defense. Um, you know, didn't really want to play any Panthers because I didn't want them to have any success. But again, I, I thought that was the formula. So I had Jonathan Stewart and Greg Olson. And then I just mixed in a couple of Pro Bowl pass catchers and got lucky last year, won a Pro Bowl, Super Bowl slate. And so I think <laughs> probably the reason why I was talking about it so much at FSTA is because I had success. I did win one. And, you know, one of the things that I was saying is I think that it's not super hard, not not necessarily to win the whole um, GPP, but to win money because not everybody realizes, like uh, like me two years ago, that what you want to do is go heavy on the Super Bowl because obviously all those guys are on the field 100% of the snaps. And if you look at what I did last year, um, half of the offensive players, again, I just I just named them, were from the the Super Bowl in a Super Bowl where only 34 points were scored right and some of those points were defensive points um if we look at this Super Bowl the implied point total is up around 60 right so I definitely think more than ever the strategy is to get the majority of your lineup with uh Super Bowl players and then again sprinkle it in those uh Pro Bowl pass catchers and we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah it's interesting you mentioned the basically focus more on the Super Bowl because when you look at the Pro Bowl, you always see how high scoring it has been over the years. You just mentioned this uh, Super Bowl currently has an over-under 58.5. Patriots implied team total of 30.75. Falcons at 27.75, so basically a pick game. But um, no, when I was doing some research for this podcast, there's an article out there by Seth Yates from Roto-Grinders who uh, was basically breaking down the scoring of the Pro Bowl since 2001. Now, we have a couple of games, though. Uh, 2003, there was 107 total points. Uh, from 2010 to 2012, it was uh, 96 points, 100 points, 97 points. But then the points start dropping in 2013. It's 43, then 60 and 76. Now, we always think of the Pro Bowl as high scoring affairs. But you look at how the point totals have been dipping lately. You know that not all players are going to get a whole uh, – no. They're not going to be playing a whole game like you would in the Super Bowl. And I think that's one of the more important things to realize when you're making these lineups is, you know, we always talk about volume, volume, volume. <laughs> not going to get a whole lot of that in the Pro Bowl. So we know off the bat, no, focus more on the Super Bowl than the Pro Bowl. So, no, explain to us. No, walk us through what your uh, lineup building process is going to be for this slate. Yeah, shout out to Seth Yates. That article was great, by the way. And just a couple other quick things about that. I think um, some of the main reasons why the scoring has started to dip is um, a couple of rule changes that they made when they implemented this fantasy draft that they've done the last couple of years. And of course, everybody talked about that, but we didn't talk about the rule changes. The clock winds after incomplete passes. So the game's not going to be as long as the Super Bowl either. And they used to not really allow defenses to do anything. Well, now they can play press coverage and cover two, which, you know, allows them to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, 
but they are not allowed to play nickel or dime defense, which means have five defensive backs or six defensive backs on the slate. So the best part about that article was him breaking down that, um, you know, nickel and dime defenses have been implemented more in the, in the NFL to try to minimize the effect of tight ends. And so since pro bowl defenses can't do that, tight ends are a, a place where you can look in the super, uh, in, I'm sorry, in the pro bowl, but as far as breaking down the slate and kind of starting to build lineups, I'm definitely starting with the super bowl and getting all those guys in that I want. Now it's a little bit tough because all the super bowl guys cost more, which I think is another reason why the majority of players will come in and get some Super Bowl guys, but the, the price range will deter them from getting a lot, and they'll start looking at you know these, these huge names, right, these Pro Bowl players, and they'll want to put them in there. But I think that ideally what I want to do for this slate is get six of the nine, at least five of the nine guys um, from the Super Bowl, so that's definitely where I'm starting. Um, I'm not sure yet how many lineups I'm going to make. There's definitely a chance where I might make Matt Ryan and Tom Brady teams just so I have exposure to both quarterbacks, depending on how the Super Bowl goes. But I think as of right now, I'm leaning towards the Patriots winning. And just one of the reasons is that the Falcons gave up the second most pass yards and tied for the third most pass touchdowns allowed in the regular season. Now, obviously, the Patriots. Uh, had some better numbers, but we also have probably all heard by now that their schedule was absolutely horrendous. They really played nobody, and this is going to be a completely different test for them, as I think Matt Ryan's going to be the MVP. Uh, he just straight beasted the, uh, the Seahawks and, and then the Packers, who really are just throwing out crippled cornerbacks at this point. Um, and I definitely think that he could keep the momentum going, but I think my initial thought process is to go with Brady. I think Edelman is just a, a lock on the slate. Um, he's seen the most targets per game out of anybody in the Super Bowl. That includes Julio Jones. Um, and he is uh, $1,200 cheaper than Julio, too. And when you include the games that Edelman's played um, in the regular season where Gronk was out and Tom Brady was playing, Edelman's targets skyrocketed from 9.9 to 12.8, and we've seen him have uh, 23 targets in two games in the uh, in the playoffs. So I think he's a lock. I still like Chris Hogan a lot. I think he'll probably be pretty popular. Um, I liked him last week, and there was still some questions about his injury, so I didn't have as much exposure as I wanted to. But obviously we saw him post the exact same stat line as Julio Jones, so you can get him – for $3,900 cheaper than Julio. It works with the Tom Brady stack. Um, I am intrigued by Martellus Bennett, but not nearly as much because um, we'll go a little bit more in depth with the tight ends here. The one, the one other guy that I'm very interested in from the Super Bowl, from a pass catcher perspective, uh, I, I mean, obviously Julio Jones, if you can make it work, but again, it's tough with all these, these salaries with the Super Bowl, Julio being $10,100. So I'm, I, I can see myself making at least one or two without him. And um, on that side of the ball, I'm interested in Mohamed Sanu because he saw the third most targets per game during the regular season out of anybody on this, on this slate um, play, that is playing in the Super Bowl. He saw 5.4 targets and – He's uh, averaged six per game in the playoffs. He's been pretty good in these playoffs. Um, obviously, we think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I can see Bill Belichick trying to double-cover Julio and minimize his effect. Um, so Sanu is definitely a guy that intrigues me. The running backs are super interesting because, of course, 
uh, you know, we want volume with our running backs and with the pro bowl, we have no idea how much run these guys are going to get. There's, you know, three guys plus a fullback on each team. And so I, I gravitate towards the super bowl guys more. However, we know that both teams are in timeshare. So it's interesting, but I, uh, especially with my Brady stack, I'm super into Dion Lewis. Uh, we didn't see him do much last week, but I think that could even be a good thing for these GPPs uh, because over the last five games, Blunt has averaged 15.2 touches per game. Lewis has averaged 14.6. And, you know, Lewis's price is not super terrible. It's 5,700, right around that average per player of 5,555. So, uh, in a game where I think it's going to be completely different than the one against the Steelers, where they pretty much dominated throughout Le'Veon Bell got hurt early. Brown was minimized. Um, I don't see that being the case with how great the Falcons have been this year, um, tying the greatest show on turf for uh, uh, being in the top 10 and point scored in his, in the NFL history. So uh, I can see this being a Lewis game where he catches uh, a good amount of passes he has averaged 4.5 targets per game in these two uh, games in the playoffs. So I like him. And then the thing with Freeman and Coleman is Coleman is $2,800 cheaper. And it kind of makes sense because over the last five games, Freeman has averaged 19.2 touches. Coleman has averaged 13.4. But if you look at both playoff games, Freeman's had 18 touches. Coleman has had 14. And that's pretty close when we're talking about a $2,800 difference. So I'm probably going to have some Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman teams, especially on DraftKings where it's full point PPR and, you know, you get rewarded for those catches and and being on the field more. Um, So that's kind of my initial thoughts on the Super Bowl. And then again, we talked about sprinkling in some pass catchers from the Pro Bowl. And the the main thing we've already alluded to it is tight ends. Uh, Sal, I know that's your specialty <laughs> as you had the, you know, the double uh, Falcons tight end stack last week and they both caught passes. You know, you got close to it working out almost, almost. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's kind of one of the things I was really impressed with with Seth Yates in his article is, again, talking about how because these defenses can't play nickel and dime in the Pro Bowl, the, the outside linebackers and defensive ends are the ones that are going to have to guard these tight ends a lot of the time. And when you can find an athletic tight end, they're going to be able to exploit that, especially when a lot of the time these Pro Bowl defenses are going to be playing soft zone coverage and stuff like that. So um, you look at the, the Pro Bowl tight ends, you got Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Travis Kelsey, Delaney Walker. All four of those guys are pretty athletic, and they should be able to take advantage. And the thing about playing a tight end in the Pro Bowl over a wide receiver is you have four wide receivers in each conference competing for touches, whereas you only have two tight ends. Okay, so for NFC, you got Olsen and Graham versus having to decide between Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Des Bryant, and Doug Baldwin. So looking back on the team that helped me win last year, Greg Olsen actually didn't even do that much. I didn't anticipate, you know, the Broncos dominating like they did, although I'm glad that they did. Um, But Travis Kelsey in my flex was actually the dude that scored two touchdowns, put up 26.1 points, and was really the difference maker. And looking at the own percent between those two, Greg Olson was 69% owned. Travis Kelsey was only 8% owned. Um, so and that, like, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of own percent does go towards the Super Bowl because 
you know, for the most part, we know this is the strategy. But again, there's some people out there that will play a lot of Pro Bowl players. And so you are going to be able to take advantage. But the, you know, seeing Travis Kelsey's own percent at 8.6, I think people will sleep on the Pro Bowl tight ends that aren't really thinking this way. And also, again, it's that whole, well, I don't really know which one to pick. So I'm just going to avoid it. But if we can predict the right, uh, you know, tight end from the Pro Bowl and playing two tight ends from the Pro Bowl is even in play. If they can have some good games, then that's really going to set you up for success because I think the own percent will be somewhat low on those guys as well. Yeah, I'm looking at the the winning GPP lineup you tweeted out earlier from DraftKings. And just like I said, he had Greg Olson at the tight end spot, almost 70% owned at 8.1 points, and Travis Kelsey was in the flex, 8.6% owned, had 26.1 DK points. Uh, if you look at... The pro roll rosters you mentioned, there's only four tight ends. One name that's uh, standing out to me is Travis Kelsey because he's the only tight end who will be playing with his quarterback from the regular season. So you have a little bit of a connection there with uh, the Alex Smith factor. And I'm not just saying it because it's Alex Smith, but if you look at the rosters, it's Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Zach Prescott, Andy Dalton, Philip Rivers, Alex Smith. And the only tight end who gets to play with his quarterback in the Pro Bowl is Travis Kelsey. We saw how dominant he was in the regular season from week eight on, six games of 100 yards or more. And you look at the pricing on DK's, the second highest priced tight end, 900 bucks after Martellus Bennett. And with the way the tight end position has been all of this year and the way it's looking for the Super Bowl, if you want a tight end from the Super Bowl, you're really only looking at Martellus Bennett, which to me would mean that his ownership percentage is going to skyrocket in this contest. And I think it could look just something like last year with Olsen at hovering around 70%, Kelsey at 8.6. It might not be that low this year just because there aren't any other no appealing options in the Super Bowl. I could see maybe Kelsey going up there. But, no, it's definitely something to think about, though, that one position where you do want to hit on the Pro Bowl as tight end. And here's another stat. This one came from uh, our good buddy J.J. Zacharyson at Lane Round Quarterback. He put out a uh, 10 things to know about the Pro Bowl DFS, and he mentioned that uh, tight ends have scored 9 out of a possible 23 receiving touchdowns over the last three Pro Bowls, basically three touchdowns per game. So if you want to get some consistency, it seems like tight end is the position you want to key in on on the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I forgot to just say, you know, draft Alex Smith and log out, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you make some uh, you make some great points. Yeah, there's been multiple tight ends over the last couple of years that have caught multiple touchdowns in this game, and that could be huge. Uh, and I think that's a great point on Bennett. I'm still intrigued by him because, again, I want to go more – um, Super Bowl, but again, we talked about it. I think tight end is is a really good spot to go Pro Bowl for the reasons we've stated. And I could see Bennett's uh, owner ownership percentage being pretty high up there. Maybe not as high as Olson, like you said, but still pretty high up there. And he's you know he's the most expensive tight end by nine hundred bucks. Um, Kelsey's definitely the tight end I'm interested in the most. You already talked about. I also think somebody said that Andy Reid's the coach of the AFC. Yeah, I should have looked at that and verified true. that, but I believe. <laughs> yeah. So we got the coach. We got the quarterback. And we got the tight end. It makes perfect sense. I mean, he's it to me. He's the best, most athletic tight end of the four on the slate, too. So I really like the Kelsey play there. Um, the two things that I should say that, uh, you know, after reading out, reading my I'm not sure if I said the quarterback uh, as well, but actually 
Jameis Winston was the quarterback on this GPP team last year. And the only reason that was, was because I knew I was going for my Broncos and I knew that if the Broncos were going to win, it was pretty obvious that Peyton Manning wasn't going to pick apart that Panthers defense um, after what we'd seen him be a shell of himself last year. So I didn't want to pay up for Peyton. And I wasn't going to play Cam Newton because I was rooting against him. And I went with Broncos D, which ended up working out. Um, Peyton was more expensive because he was in the Super Bowl and I needed to save money elsewhere. So that's the only reason why I went Jameis Winston. But I think this year, I think I'm completely swapping quarterback and defense. Uh, We know that Tom Brady and Matt Ryan are going to be on the field the whole time. This is going to be a high scoring game. Um, they've been two of the best quarterbacks all year. These, you know, you make a case. These have been the best two teams all year. So um, I am not touching a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. I think it's Tom Brady and Matt Ryan all the way. Um, that, I think that was a unique situation last year, again, where there were only 34 points scored in that Super Bowl and some was on the defense. We're, we're talking about a lot more points scored. Uh, Tom Brady and Matt Ryan should push that 300-yard barrier, which of course would, would give you the three point bonus. Uh, so that's where I'm looking. And then as far as the defense though, um, you know, Broncos defense made a lot of sense to me last year, but I think this year I'm really interested. It even seems crazy to me, but I'm interested in going with a pro bowl defense. And I think both Seth Yates and JJ Zacharyson have pointed out that there usually are a good amount of turnovers in the pro bowl. And it makes sense, right? Because, uh, at the two minute warning, um, there, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a two minute warning for every quarter. And then at the end of each quarter, you change possession. So it really forces the offense to go into the hurry up mode, which could mean more points, but it also could mean, you know, all right, we have to take a shot here. we got to get aggressive. And there could be a couple more interceptions, a couple turnovers. And you just look at their price. I mean, the NFC defense <laughs> is a thousand bucks. The AFC defense is 1200 bucks. Like, I think that's, that has to be the cheapest on the entire slate. Let me double check that. Um, and so that's just an easy, yeah, they're the two cheapest on the entire slate. That's an easy way to get some cheap, uh, exposure. And like the thing about the pro bowl, again, we've already talked about, you know, you don't know if they're going to be on the field, the whole game. Well, we know that the defenses have to be on the field, the whole game, cause it's not one person. And again, this just correlates with the fact that, you know, if you're like us and you think the super bowl is going to be a great game with a lot of points, then it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to pay 3,200 or 2,700 for a defense in the super bowl when you can save that money and, you know, just hope for a couple turnovers, hope for Cordell Patterson or Tyree kill to take a punt back to the house. Um, there's no kick. So you don't get that option, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's two of the other things I'm thinking is, you know, go with who you like at quarterback, Ryan or Brady, or make teams of both. And then I don't really have a recommendation on which, uh, uh, Pro Bowl defense, although I will say I am kind of intrigued by the NFC because if you just look at the AFC um, in general, I think, you know, Philip Rivers, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, you know, other than Alex Smith being the GOAT, obviously, Sal, <laughs> I, I don't think that these quarterbacks scare me as much as Breeze, um, Kirk Cousins, even Dak Prescott on the other side. And um, it's just easy to look at those receivers for the NFC, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Des Bryant, Doug Baldwin, um, and, you know, kind of be a little scared. But if you look at the AFC wide receivers, I mean, I love them all. Don't get me wrong. T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, my boy, Jarvis Landry, and of course, Demarius Thomas. But I just think we talked about Kelsey. I just think that the NFC looks a little bit more loaded on the offensive side of the ball. And so 
Uh, that just that a thousand dollar price for the NFC is really intriguing to me. I'm probably going to have some NFC defensive exposure. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to pick between the two, at the end of the day, probably it will come down if you have a couple extra hundred bucks left over and you have to decide you know, how that fits within your lineup. We mentioned there's no kickoffs in the Pro Bowl, but we have the punt returner. So on the AFC, you're looking at Tyreek Hill. On the AFC, you're looking at Cordell Patterson. Uh, you know, there's going to be some opportunities to maybe run a punt back here and there. Don't have to worry too much about you know, the uh, talent levels of defense because we've seen what Pro Bowls are like in the past. In the past, but you do make a really good point on how the talent level does seem to be stacked on the uh, NFC side of things. So, if you're looking to choose between one of those two defenses, I feel like you know you're probably going to lean the NFC just for talent level, and plus they are two hundred dollars cheaper. But it's really interesting how the pricing came together. For the Pro Bowl, when you're comparing DraftKings and FanDuel, it seems like DraftKings uh, really made an, effic- an emphasis on you know, lowering the prices for Pro Bowl players, whereas on uh, FanDuel, they're kind of sticking close to the vest here with their usual minimum price structures. But no, the minimum price defense on FanDuel is 4K, where on DraftKings it's 1K. So if you're looking to make uh, a lineup where you can find an edge, I feel like DraftKings is the place to go because you have an opportunity to just uh, take a couple of really, really minimum price guys and just build up the rest of your lineup with Super Bowl guys. Uh, are you uh, going to be making any lineups on FanDuel's Pro Bowl uh, Super Bowl slate? So I never have before. Um, the two years I played it, it's been on DraftKings. Um, I was just looking at it a little bit before we came on. I might consider it, but for the most part, I'll probably be on DraftKings. And and that's one of the things that you know um, I've always been intrigued with is I feel like if I remember correctly, they've always kind of DraftKings has taken that minimum away, and it just makes it really really interesting because you can you know save some salary and get some intriguing guys. Um, so for the most part, that's where I'll be. And two guys that really jump out at me while we're talking about this, uh, are Tyreek Hill at 1900. Now, again, his upside is capped because there's no kickoffs, but we have to remember Andy Reid's the coach. And so he made it as a, uh, returner, but there's no rules in the pro bowl for the most part. So, you know, I've, I definitely feel like Andy Reid's going to get his guy on the field, give him a bubble screen, get him a couple targets. So he's very intriguing to me, but the guy that really excites me is Darren Sproles at $2,100. Um, you know, again, that's way under what the, the minimum of 3000 usually is. Uh, the other running backs for the NFC are Zeke and Jordan Howard. Um, and then you got Tolbert, at fullback. So Sproles is going to play. And again, on DraftKings where it's full point PPR, um, he could definitely be very interesting. And it could be a situation where, you know, I, I want a lot of these, these Super Bowl players, but if Sproles catches like six passes for 70 yards, I think um, I was looking at Seth Yates' chart. I think he did something similar two years ago, and I'm not even sure if he was in the Pro Bowl last year. If he does something like that, it could be a situation where he, you know, paces Tevin Coleman and you get him for a lot cheaper. So I'm probably going to have some Darren Sproles, and I think that might be a, a way that allows me to go up and get Julio. I haven't tried to do it yet, but that intrigues me. Um and then, yeah, as far as the difference between the two, uh, I, I think that 
The Super Bowl wide receivers, we've already talked about it, are a little bit more enticing on DraftKings because, again, the full point PPR rewards that opportunity being on the field the whole game. You don't have to worry about it. Um, Sproles, I like a little bit more on DraftKings. Jarvis Landry is a guy that really intrigues me on DraftKings just because we know he's that possession receiver. Um, I'm sure, you know, he'll run some some longer routes in the Pro Bowl, but I still could see Philip. And again, it's just kind of looking at the quarterbacks on the AFC, Philip Rivers, Dalton and Smith. I can just see all three of those guys liking Landry and he could I can see him ending up with like six, six catches. And if he gets in the end zone, I'm really intrigued. Um, as far as the fan duel side, I think that is where. Uh, you might be a little bit more interested in these Pro Bowl wide receivers because, of course, touchdowns matter a little bit more on FanDuel. And we know that some of these guys are going to score, right? So um, FanDuel, you can look at the Pro Bowl wide receivers a little bit more. And then Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon both intrigue me on FanDuel too. Um, I really – I probably won't be playing much of these guys on DraftKings, although it is interesting um, because they're cheaper. But Again, I'm probably wanting to get those guys in the Super Bowl or get a guy like Darren Sproles, who I feel pretty good is going to get some catches uh, rather than going in between. But I could see Zeke or Melvin Gordon scoring a touchdown and that help that helping you on FanDuel. Uh, as we know, I didn't even realize Melvin Gordon was healthy enough to play. So he really interests me because we know he finished three yards short of a thousand. We know he's been out for a little while. We know he's a young player. And I always like young players in the Pro Bowl because I think they just care about it a little bit more rather than, you know, oh, I've been there, done that. Um, and you know, he hasn't played in a little while. I think he might be itching. So he's definitely interesting to me. Um, so that's kind of where I would be looking if, if, you know, if you're going FanDuel versus DraftKings, but yeah, Darren Sproles is definitely somebody that on DraftKings at 2100 has me very, very intrigued. All right. So it seems like you pretty much laid out your wide receiver strategy. We've talked about tight ends. I'm going to ask you a question about running back, specifically on DraftKings, because the pricing intrigues me. We have Devontae Freeman all the way up at 8,600 in a tier of his own. Then we have his running mate right behind him, Tevin Coleman, at 5,800. We have Deion Lewis at 5,700. Garrett Blunt at 5,300. And then all the way down there, near the end of the screen, we have James White at 2,900. Now, for this slate, are you going to be the type of guy that has exposure to all running backs? Or are you going to look at mixing it up and maybe doing like a Falcons backfield with Freeman Coleman or a Patriots backfield with Lewis and Blunt? Or maybe trying to sneak in a James White here? Because it seems you really can play it any way you want. Yeah, I uh, at first thought I was very intrigued by Freeman Coleman. Um, you know, I was on that last week. Uh, that was my my main team at Freeman and Coleman. It just made so much sense at home against the Packers. I'm not as excited about it against the Patriots. I think they'll still be fine. But once I, I saw, te- uh, I'm sorry, Devontae Freeman's price at 8,600, which is 2,800 more than any other running back on the slate. I don't know how excited I am about him, although obviously um, I think just looking at it without looking at salaries, I, I do think it makes sense him being the best running back on the slate, being in the, the Super Bowl and seeing more touches than Coleman. But they have been pretty similar. So I think, like I said, my first thought is a Deion Lewis-Coleman team. I'm very, very intrigued by Lewis in this in this game where I could see him catching a good amount of passes. The, the Falcons have struggled um, – I said Edelman's a lock. They've struggled to cover the side, but they've also struggled struggled to cover pass catching running backs. And so I think Blunt will be fine, but I just think the upside of Lewis intrigues me. Um, so I think that's where I'm going. I'm really not interested in James White. His targets have 
Um, and his playing time has started to slip since Dion Lewis has come back and, and been a factor in the playoffs. Um, James White saw 5.4 targets in the regular season, and that has dipped down to like in the twos in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm really, I know he's cheap. I, I think the one cheap guy in the Super Bowl that I'm interested in is Malcolm Mitchell because you got him at, I believe, 3,000. Let me double check that real quick. Yep, three and. Yeah, and so he didn't do anything last week, but he'd missed a couple of games. Um, probably uh, I ended up not playing him. I was intrigued by him last week, but made sense to you know fade him first game back after after a little while out. But you do he didn't do much, but he did see four targets. Um, you know that's that's not terrible. And two weeks to you know prepare for the Super Bowl. Um, if he's healthy, if he had no setbacks, he's the, probably the guy that's cheap in the Super Bowl that I'm most intrigued by because, of course, I like Brady. And, you know, you never know. We saw Hogan go ham last week, and I like Hogan a lot again. But you just never know in New England. Um, I could see it being Mitchell, so I'm interested there. But, yeah, I mean, as you can tell, the running backs are a little tough for me because last year it was just I'm going Super Bowl. I'm going the two guys. They have no competition. It's tougher now with both Super Bowl um, teams having committees. Uh, and so that's why I'm interested in a guy like Darren Sproles. Again, um, I said Zeke and Gordon Moore for FanDuel, but I could see them putting up solid numbers on DraftKings. It's just risky. It's just more risky because they're not going to be out there the mo- as much. They're going to split time with their teammates. Um, and, and historically, there's more passing in the Pro Bowl. So that's where your value can come from on DraftKings is, is if you can find a, a running back in the Pro Bowl that's catching passes. And I could see these guys catching passes. I just don't know how many Zeke or Gordon are going to catch. So, again, um, a guy like Darren Sproles has me interested. But, uh, yeah, it's that, that's really probably ultimately going to be one of the things that, uh, you know, it comes down to in terms of winning a GPP, that and deciding between these Pro Bowl tight ends. And, and you know, we haven't the, – the pass catchers on, on DraftKings are, uh, for the Pro Bowl are not off limits. Again, on last year's team that won for me, it had DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson. Um, there's definitely going to be guys that have good games. It's just tough because you could play – um, you know, Mike Evans and love it. And, you know, he could either go for six eighty and two touchdowns, or he could end up with like two catches and 11 yards. Um, a good example of that is Odell Beckham, who in his first pro bowl two years ago had something like five or six for 90, 98, somewhere in there. Um, and then last year he had like a catch or two catches for 10 yards. So it's tough. And that's why, again, for the most part, you want to gravitate towards the super bowl. But, you know, if you get four or five or six, uh, Super Bowl players in there and you're looking for a couple Pro Bowl pass catchers to sprinkle in, you know, it's just going to ultimately come down to what you can afford. And a lot of these guys are interesting to me. I already talked about Jarvis Landry. Um, love Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, people that follow me on Twitter probably know that's my boy. So I'm definitely going to have some of him. He caught two touchdowns two years ago, uh, like T.Y. Hilton. Um, and Odo Beckham intrigues me. He's really only a couple hundred dollars cheaper than Sanu, um, which I think is a, another reason why I like Muhammad Sanu, but I, just, I'm an OBJ fanboy, And just the fact that he didn't do much last year, uh, we know that he can have a big game anytime. So I could see him reverting back to his pro bowl form from two years ago. So those are the four receivers that I'm going to um, get some exposure to. And I don't know, I might just stick with those four and try to sprinkle them in because for some reason I'm gravitating to those guys. 
Before we uh, get away from running backs, I just wanted to briefly talk about it. I feel like on FanDuel, the ownership could be spread out between those four Super Bowl guys because it's not as um, widespread in price. And we got Devontae Freeman at 8,300. But then you got Blunt and Lewis both in the 7K. Coleman almost there at 6.8K. But on DraftKings, I feel like Freeman at 8,600, Michael a little lower owned than he should just because of how big of a difference it is from him to Tevin Coleman, Lewis, and Blunt, who are all under 6K. And if you look at that winning lineup for last year, you know, he mentioned he had two bell cows. He had CJ Anderson. He was 41% owned. He had Jonathan Stewart. He was 45% owned. I'm not sure what the prices were like on the slate last year, but I would have to guess it's probably not as widespread as it is right now. And you look at the playoffs so far this offseason. No, Freeman is second in targets at the running back position with 10. Uh, he is second in receptions at the running back position with 8. But I believe he is first in receiving yards with 122. And that's in only two games. No, the other two categories, Ty Montgomery led, but he had one game over Freeman. So I think if you're looking at a way to maybe get an edge at the running back position, I could see Freeman being lower owned than he should be. Yeah, that is a great point. Yeah, Freeman is averaging five targets per game in these playoffs, which is great because we know he's going to get those carries as well. Um, He's actually had identical opportunities uh, and touches in both games. He had 14 carries and uh, four catches. I might have got that a little bit wrong. Oh, no, yeah, that's targets. He's he's averaged five targets, but he's had four catches in both games they've played. So that is really nice. the, the Coleman Lewis thing interests me, and, and that that might and that might that might be might be the, the first team I make. But I, I definitely think I'm going to make multiple teams, and so I'll definitely have some Freeman because you know if the Falcons have success in this game, if they win this game, Freeman is definitely going to be a huge reason why. And that is a good point. You know, a lot of people are going to come on, kind of like what I was saying, like they're going to look at that discrepancy in salary and. Uh, gravitate to some of these cheaper guys. And if Freeman does what he's done all year, uh, you know, scores once, scores twice, then he could be the difference. So, yeah, I like that, and I definitely want to find a way to get him on some. I mean, the the thing about Freeman is you can get him for $1,500 cheaper than Julio Jones, and we know, again, that Freeman's going to get you points in both the rushing and passing games. And we saw on DraftKings all year this year, the renaissance, the renaissance of the running back that, uh, you know, those were the guys winning you GPPs, Le'Veon Bell catching passes and running um, Zeke, even, even doing it a little bit, of course, David Johnson. So Freeman's kind of in that mold, especially on a two game slate. So yeah, I definitely like that you brought that point up. And then uh, here's another stat again from that article from JJ. Only one running back has carried the ball 10 or more times in a pro bowl since 2011, which is, 2.44% of all running backs who have played in the Pro Bowl in that span and only two backs have ran for 50 or more yards in the last five years who are Mark Ingram and Maurice Jones. So we just know there's safety in volume at the running back position and if we look at uh, Freeman Coleman uh, stack perhaps you know, uh, Freeman's carried the ball 11 more times in every game but one according to JJ and uh, Coleman's hit that uh, mark 40% of his games. So uh, on a side like DraftKings, I know for myself personally, I'd probably lean towards a Freeman-Coleman stack where I think you know, Freeman would be lower owned and Coleman might be a little bit higher owned than, say, Blunt or Lewis, but that's where I'd like to try and get my uh, lineup set up. 
Yeah, that's smart. And again, like I, for like the one rule of thumb that I've learned playing this the last two years is just fade Pro Bowl running backs. And <laughs> again, with the with the salary cap, um, I, I you know, I've already said Elliott and Gordon intrigue me, but it's just so risky. Like like the stat you just said. I mean, there's just not that many rushing attempts. Um, and again, they're sharing time. So that makes a lot of sense that honestly, that was my initial thought process. I really haven't tried to build too many lineups. It is tough with the salary, uh, but that my initial thought process was to go Freeman Coleman and Dion Lewis and, and work the rest out. So uh, I'm probably still going to try to make that at least one team. Um, the Freeman Coleman stack worked last week and I can definitely see it working again. I mean, again, they Freeman has had 18 touches the last two games. Coleman's had 14. That's a healthy number of touches for two guys in pretty much the best offense we've seen this year. Um, and we'll just have to see how the Super Bowl goes. All right, so as Ben alluded to before, I'm a little bit of a uh, wild man when it comes to my DFS lineups as I like to try and hit on some uh, contrarian plays because I'm very low volume and I just like to have fun with it. So one name that popped up to me immediately when I was looking at DraftKings was Patriots tight end Matt Langle, 1500 on DK. Might be probably tied for, yeah, minimum. That's the minimum price for position players on DK. So here we go. We have the uh, number two tight end on the Patriots offense. He has caught one touchdown in the regular season. Not <laughs> a big part of the offense, but um, we've seen Bill Belichick go to you no know, unheralded players in prime spots before. Are you going to have any exposure to Matt Langle, or am I going to have all of it to myself? So I think you got to go for it, man. Um, insane value. Uh, when I was trying to figure out Lewis and Blunt, that conundrum before the wild card game, I went back and I watched, uh, I think the last three games that they played in the regular season, as I was trying to get a feel for the usage between the two, um, that ended up helping because I had Lewis, a lot of Lewis in the wild card. Uh, I'm sorry, not the wild card round, but the, the first game that the Patriots played here in the playoffs, the divisional round uh, that worked out. But I did see Langle's touchdown catch. And I just I love it because I swear to you, I was looking at this dude on DraftKings in the divisional round. I'm like, wait a minute. Who is this guy? And nobody's going to play him. Um, yeah. So he had three targets uh, total over the last two games of the regular season. He, I don't even believe he's been on the Patriots all year. Of course, Bennett, you know, kind of fell fell, um, you know, off a cliff a little bit. Wasn't really seeing that many targets. We know the reports out there that he's probably going to need uh, off-season surgery. I think it was that he's playing with a chipped bone in his ankle or something like that. So this dude is amazing value. We know Tom Brady's going to play great. We know the Falcons' defense is going to struggle to contain, you know, pretty much probably the GOAT when it's all said and done here. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have something to say about that. But, you know, anytime you can get a tight end, at that cheap a price tied to, you know, the best quarterback we've probably ever seen. At least I have. I was, you know, I wasn't around to see Montana. I think you got to go for it, man. I really do. All right. Uh, so the one position DraftKings doesn't have that FanDuel has is the kicker position. Just go over this one quickly for those of you out there playing on FanDuel. Uh, again, this is from JJ. Uh, there have been only a total of nine field goal attempts in the last five Pro Bowls. And then I went to go look up Matt Bryan and Guskowski's stats for this year. Uh, Guskowski's averaging two field goals per game, Matt Bryan 2.3. Uh, it's pretty much a no-brainer here to just you know, take one of those two kickers in your FanDuel lineup. Yes, totally agree with that. Um, yeah, 
make make them make the majority of your team Super Bowl. Sprinkle sprinkle in a couple of pass catchers. Get Kelsey in there. Get some Landry, some Sanders, little OBJ. Save some money at the defensive position. That should allow you the ability to get Brady, Edelman, Matt Ryan, Julio. If you want to go there, um, Sproles can help with that. Um, a little bit of Freeman, a little bit of Coleman, a little bit of Hogan, Sanu I like. And, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. I'm going to make some lineups, sprinkling in those type of combinations and, and hope that one of them hits. <laughs> All right. So to recap, let's go position by position, quick breakdown. Quarterback, you're starting either Matt Ryan or Tom Brady. $400 difference between the two. Uh, DraftKings, Matt Ryan is the more expensive. And on FanDuel, Tom Brady is the more expensive one. Running back, again, you want to get the backs with volume, so you're looking at the Patriots, Falcons running backs. Wide receiver, you know, if they can fit in Julio, uh, that's a, a good plan of action. We got Edelman, we got Hogan. It, this is the one Pro Bowl position you want to target. Uh, ben mentioned he is uh, kind of intrigued by Jarvis Landry down there and uh, uh, no Tyreek Hill, and uh, Hill is at 1900 uh, Michael Floyd, uh, probably not going to play in the Super Bowl, I imagine. And you mentioned Malcolm Mitchell just at 3K on DraftKings. Tight end is another position where you want to target Pro Bowl. So basically, uh, quarterback, running back, Super Bowl, wide receiver, tight end, you can do some Pro Bowl action. We mentioned the defenses for the Pro Bowl. They are very, very cheap on DraftKings. I think that pretty much does it for this podcast. I did have one question before we go, Ben. So let's say you uh, know you want to play a contrarian lineup. You don't want to focus too much on the Super Bowl, like we mentioned, because that's the best course of action. What's a contrarian Pro Bowl stack you would throw out there? Oh, so we're talking quarterback <laughs> to uh, to a pass catcher. Um, well, we already talked about one, Alex Smith to Kelsey, because we know that uh, Andy Reid is the coach. Um, honestly, so I'm not sure. Do you know if, did you look at, uh, Seth Yates, um, spreadsheet that he had there? Because what, it, what it looked like to me was Drew Brees was the last quarterback that was going to come in the game for the NFC. I'm not sure if that's the case, but if it is, um, I don't know, for some reason, the Brees to Darren Sproles combo, was was really getting me excited because we know how much the Saints target their pass catchers. Mark Ingram even, you know, has been catching it a ton lately uh, the last couple of years. Tavares Cadet was used this year. Um, we know that's what Sean Payton likes to do. So I could see Breeze, you know, hit, hitting sprawls every once in a while there. So that could be a contrarian one. Um, we know Dak Prescott and Des Bryant are both on the NFC together. So, you know, if you, if you want to try to channel your conference championship, uh, or I'm sorry, divisional round magic, there's another one there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the Jarvis Landry connection to any one of these quarterbacks, but I guess my, my main, my first guess would be Phillip Rivers. So there's a few, there's a few contrarian stacks right there for you. Did you have any, any, uh, you were thinking about Sal? Yeah, but I want I like the Breeze, the Sproles one, because I can see Breeze missing Sproles so much in New Orleans that he just enjoy to be playing with them again and bring oh, back yeah. that New Orleans connection. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Here's the one that I'm looking at. It's a, a four man stack. All right, you got this, Ben. Okay. All right, Alex Smith, got it. handing off to Tyreek Hill, throwing to Travis Kelsey with the AFC yes. defense punt returns. 
Ah, yes. And I like it. Put, so Tyreek Hill will score on a rush, or hopefully it's a screen. Maybe a dump-off screen, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he'll score on a screen. He'll score on a punt return. So that's double the points. And, of course, we know Alex Smith is throwing at least one touchdown to Kelsey. Like, let's not be silly. So, yeah, I like that, Sal. I like that. And if you throw in those four, you can afford Devontae Freeman. You can afford Julio Jones. And you still have an average of 7K for running back, receiver, and flex, which means you can basically play whoever you want. Well, I enjoyed my time in the sun last year. Obviously, Sal, you're going <laughs> to win the GPP this year, and uh, can't wait to celebrate. <laughs> All right, well, now I just have to make sure I play this lineup. Yeah, man, yeah. Get it in at least one. All right, so I think that pretty much does it. Pro Bowl, Super Bowl stack. If you're out there listening, you're out there going to play this one. Uh, hopefully the advice Ben is throwing your way is going to help you know uh, build that bankroll of yours. Hopefully you get all the money. Uh, just save a little bit for Ben here. You know, <laughs> got to pay for that Nashville trip of his he just took. <laughs> I appreciate that, Sal. Is uh, that. anything else you want to say to the audience before we take off? Uh, no, I, ha- I had fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking me to do this. You know, all the Alex Smith heart emojis and, uh, you know, I'll just throw in a couple Emmanuel Sanders heart emojis. And uh, yeah, he'll, Emmanuel Sanders will be on my main team. The, no uh, analysis behind it at all. Just that uh, I love the dude. And so I'm going to be playing him. Perfect. All right. So that does it for this podcast. You can find our work over at the two QBs.com T W O Q B S. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, same handle T W O Q B S. I'm on Twitter at two QB Ben, before we say goodbye, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can read your work. Yeah, at Ben Cummins FF, and then you can find some of my work at Two Quarterbacks, thanks to Sal here, and uh, also the Fantasy Footballers, um, and uh, a little bit at Roto Wonderworld. Got a couple articles there as well. Perfect. All right, everybody out there, enjoy the Pro Bowl, enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will be back up at uh, 2QBs very, very soon with uh, 2017 content. Have a good one, and uh, good luck this week. Yeah.